It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Well, hello to you, race fans, and welcome to the Front Stretch. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Online at joeskarting.com. Fast-paced, white knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs, and the Tuesday night Slick Track Series is on, presented by Dirt Track Bank. Uh, Go over and watch as Anthony Clark has a very good chance of winning once again, but one of these nights, if you get over there, you may just see him not win the feature and see somebody new. I think Brianna Mitchell and Jack Dover are the only other winners in the entire series so far. So uh, get over to Joe's Karting today. The Slick Track Series goes on every Tuesday night. Uh, you can go and race that series. We can race that track uh, ahead of time with any of the drivers that are practicing right up until about 6.45 or 7 o'clock when they shut the track down. They do the driver's meeting, and then they go out and run their heat races. Then their um, first uh, set of qualifying races, second set of qualifying races, and then they take the fastest 10 times of all the laps ran, and those drivers get into the A feature. It's a lot of fun. It's over pretty quickly, and it's only at Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. What did they do the night when Anthony Clark had all the 10 fastest laps? Did he just erase himself? <laughs> God, that kid is so fast. It's just, I love watching him race. And last last Tuesday night's feature was probably one of my favorites to watch for a while because there was a couple of guys who really had a chance, a couple of drivers that had a chance at getting by Anthony. But he's just too dang good at protecting his inside line so that they can't get the nose on him and they get the inside run. Uh, it's it's just a lot of fun to watch. And I thought Andy Miller was going to sneak that, steal that win away. And then I thought Brandon Mitchell was going to steal the win away. And then I thought maybe Jack Dover had a chance. But all the while, the laps ran out. And uh, your winner for last Tuesday night was Anthony Clark once again. He's got a huge lead over the field. So he literally could take four or five nights off and be okay. Well, maybe just two or three, but still. Do they start fast time on the pole or do they invert? Uh, it's a draw. So the 10 fastest, everybody goes into a little bucket and then they draw out. So and Anthony, because he had a bounty on him for several weeks and he won the bounty, has the option to start on the pole. If he happens to draw eighth, then he could say, no, nope, I'm going to use my bounty, my bounty card and I'm going to start on the pole. That was the reward for him for if anybody could beat Anthony Clark, they were going to win an extra 100 bucks on the night. His incentive was that he would get to be able to pick the starting position. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's I've a never heard a bounty with a, a, an incentive for the person the bounty was put on. I've, I heard of a couple of them that um, if, after you know so many races, if the bounty still wasn't claimed and the, the one that the bounty was on won the pool. So if it was an extra 100 bucks a night and they went eight nights and then the season was over with? Oh, what racetrack was that? I, dude, I've been around racing for 55 years, and bounties were always put on a guy that won six, seven in a row. Yeah. And if you beat him, you got extra money. That's the only way it worked. No, I've, I've heard that. I think it was at Crawford County Speedway one year with a couple of guys, or one guy that just, uh, again, you know, it was a bounty. So he just kept winning every single week. And so they said, okay, in order for the driver to, uh, to agree to do the bounty, they had to say, okay, at the end of the season, if 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 nobody's how does you, how does he not agree to it? It's got nothing to do with him. If they beat you, they get more money. Hey, I'm just telling you the way it worked. <laughs> I don't know why you're trying to disagree with me. I'm just telling you the way it worked. Well, that's just 
Yeah, I, that's not a bounty then. That's some type of bet or something. I well, don't know. I mean, it's a bounty for it's an extra. In the old west, when you killed the him. crook, you got paid. You didn't kill the crook, you didn't get paid. If you didn't kill him, he didn't get paid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the way this one worked. I don't know what to tell you. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't a bounty. It was something else. But I don't know what they did. So uh, we appreciate everybody hanging out as we're getting some things figured out with the radio stations and the way the show is going to work. We ended up doing a show last week, but um, I kind of went into vacation mode and. And I got a little bit busy on some computer builds, so I apologize for that. But I didn't get the show put out, and that was one that we kind of talked about. Well, we're still working it out with the radio station to figure out exactly what we're going to do. If we're going to be a radio show moving forward, if we're going to be a podcast, if uh, we're going to join ESPN in in Bristol, uh, Connecticut, what's going to happen? So we we were still trying to figure all that out. Uh, And since then, uh, we figured it out. We're just going to be a podcast. We're going to forego the uh, expenses of being on the radio and the constraints of being on the radio. And uh, personally, the more I think about it, I'm very excited about the future of the front stretch. I was excited about this last year when we discussed it. Yeah, I thought it was a little bit too soon, but uh, I've, I've since gotten some advice of sometimes when you're thinking about making a move, the last thing you need is a safety net. And I think the radio station has been a safety net for us, for me at least, for the last year, two years. So I've never really wanted to make the jump to podcast, but I think now the timing is right. And some of the things we're going to be able to do, um, I I was talking with a couple of people that we're going to be able to get more contributors. Stan Caesar has been a big part of helping us in the sprint car world. And we were trying to work out a deal where he could call us up last Saturday during the Chili Bowl Nationals down in uh, Tulsa and have him kind of do a race report. Because Cody Ledger was running really good in his race. We had Don Drought Jr. Trey Gropp ran really, really well. There was a lot of Nebraska, Iowa, Midwest guys that went down there and raced, as usual. And I wanted to get a race report on those guys. Well, new technology spurred some technical difficulties. And we weren't able to get it done. But it opens up a door for us to be able to do some race reporting. Some real-time race reporting to where maybe we could get some of the track announcers throughout the area to call in and be able to record a quick recap of their weekly night, and then we can publish it. So we don't have to wait for Sunday morning. We don't have to eliminate a lot of content because we don't feel like it's mainstream interest. For instance, people over in central Nebraska really couldn't care about who won a feature at in central Iowa. It's too far apart. That's always been our hiccup. Well, maybe now we can overcome that and we can come up with some new ways of utilizing and maximizing some of the uh, the content here locally and in, uh, in focus more on dirt. And the good news is we were kind of worried about where our relationship with NASCAR was going to sit. You've done some legwork and you've gotten a confirmation that we should be good to go. Yeah, that uh, our connections at NASCAR are more than happy to keep us in the loop and keep us in the family. And uh, uh, it sounds like business as usual for them and us there. We had an opportunity to interview Ricky Stenhouse Jr. on Tuesday. Unfortunately, just our relationship with the radio station's a little bit frayed right now. So we weren't able to get that done, but we're going to work diligently in the next coming weeks to get more uh, big-time NASCAR drivers, our regular great NASCAR interviews. I mean, we want to get David Starr back on the show as soon as possible. Uh, Brendan gone and... Um, anybody that, that is willing to join us for a, a 15, 20 minute conversation, two that's, hour, that's what we want to get on the show. Uh, so I, I think very big things are coming for the front stretch podcast as this is going to be the first edition of the official podcast. We've, we've been putting it up on, on YouTube and on SoundCloud and now up on, um, the anchor app with Spotify and Google play for quite some time now. So 
this is going to be our first official exclusive podcast, and uh, and from here on out, this is what it's going to be. And I'm I'm pretty excited about the future of the show. Yeah, download the app; it doesn't cost you anything. And are we still talking about a Tuesday release every week? Yeah, I think that's probably the best day to do it on. And we we talked about being a little bit flexible. If there was a Wednesday night race, then maybe we would do a, a news and notes on Tuesday. And then Wednesday night after that race or Thursday morning, we would just be able to jump on together and knock out a quick show and then put that up. So Tuesdays is going to be the day you're going to definitely want to follow the Front Stretch Facebook page for those releases. Yeah, and I mean, you can listen to it anywhere, anytime, 24-7. Uh, driving down the road. If you're a trucker, you can listen to it uh, out in the garage in the shop while you're working on your car and grinding tires might be a little loud for it. But uh, <laughs> Get some <you> earbuds. <laughs> I've got some wireless earbuds that uh, I'd be glad to share them. These things are phenomenal. I use them all around the house when I'm mowing the yard or cutting up trees and shredding, doing all sorts of work that's from loud to quiet. These things last for like 40 uh, continuous hours. And they're just phenomenal earpieces. So I, I would highly recommend those. Uh, they stay in my fat ears pretty well, too, which has always been an issue for me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get to some news and notes as far as NASCAR is concerned. Freight Auctions is set to sponsor Michael McDowell for six races in 2021. Great news out of there. We've always talked about it, and we will always talk about it, that new sponsors coming into the sport and sponsoring the mid-level teams and even the bigger teams uh, is always great news. And Freight Auctions, FR8 Auctions, set to sponsor Michael McDowell for six races in the upcoming season. Yep. Um, um, it sounds to me like it's some type of a trucking company, but I'm not really sure. You know, does it say exactly what they do? I mean, freight and auctions don't really go together unless you, you know, make bids on what yeah. you want to send your stuff by, you know, to where you want to send it. You know, I'll give you eight bucks to send it here. Freight Auctions partners with freight lines, distribution companies, and customer product-based businesses to help sell excess, discontinued or damaged inventory outside of traditional distribution channels. FreightAuctions.com, F-R-8Auctions.com for more information. So it's not actually a freight company. It's just another auction house. Sounds like it, yeah. They, that, yeah, like I just read, they, they sell excess, discontinued, and damaged inventory outside of traditional distribution channels. It's kind of like the $5, anything $5 stores, stuff like that. <laughs> that I mean, might, it is. That so. might very well be what it is, yeah. Uh, over a million total square feet of space in their corporate headquarters, freight, uh, freight auctions can support even the most robust demand of their customers. With COVID challenges in the market, buyers across all nations now access online at FreightAuctions.com. Cody Ware is set to run a full-time season for the Cup Series in the 51 with Rick Ware Racing. No. Yes. Wow. Good thing you're sitting down, huh? Didn't see that coming. I got some other news coming that you're going to be shocked to find out what happened, but that'll be coming up here in just a little bit. So congratulations, Cody Ware. We're going to get a full-time Cup Series uh, schedule for Rick Ware Racing. And notice I had to pause just to be very careful there. RWR. Hey, you know how we were talking about, um, you know, with uh, 2311 coming into the sport, Michael Jordan and, and, and Denny Hamlin joining forces. And we had often uh, had some discussions about some other older operations that came in with some celebrity sponsorships. Well, let's come back again. Grammy award winning global superstar. Pitbull is set to become co-owner of Trackhouse Racing. You just like him because he's bald. Well, 
and he's shorter than and the, you. By the way, the guy's like 65, and he's got way more swagger than I do. He's got way more women. He is, than he, either yeah. one of us. He is really, really old. I when I heard his, he's got a couple of songs out. You know, I'm again, I'm a rock guy, so I, I don't pay too much attention to it. But I want to say, he had some hits like five, four or five years ago, and just the way he sang, the way he kind of moved, I thought, you know, late 20s, early 30s. No, I, I literally oh. think he's like 55. I was going to say, well, I knew he wasn't in his 20s and early 30s. I was going to say he was in his 40s or older, but if it, I don't know how old he is, but if he's really 65, then okay. holy smokers. I may be a little bit over. He's 40 years on the dot. Okay, well, that's, Actually, that's where I thought he was going to be. Just turned 40 a couple of days ago. January 15th was his birthday. But he has uh, decided... He Happy needs... birthday, people. <laughs> <laughs> What's his worldwide? <laughs> But he has decided uh, he wants to have some sort of loss leader write-off. So he is going to become co-owner in Trackhouse Motorsports that is going to be running the 99. And do you remember, are they running a full schedule or are they running partial schedule? As far as I know, they're going to try for their full schedule. That's that Justin Marks-led group. Right, right, right. From day one of creating Trackhouse Racing, I wanted our team to be a platform of purpose to transcend the sport and positively impact all races on and off the racetrack, said Justin Marks. So good news there. Uh, more people coming into the sport. We talked about it for a long time. The economy of NASCAR was a loss. I mean, a lot of these big owners were losing money left and right. And so NASCAR, a lot of these changes, when they're switching to the next-gen car in 2022, the cutting out the practices, the cutting down of the crew members, the new rules, the, the engines that have to be raced for two or three races, a lot of these rules were put into place to save dollars. And I wonder if it's finally starting to pay off as we're starting to see people reinvest in the sport, actually come into the sport and say, I want to be a part of this because now I can look at the numbers and make them work. Well, it's still it's you still got to have the sponsor dollars. Oh, Otherwise, yeah. it doesn't work. That's why these guys coming in here. I mean, look at uh, Bruton Smith. He didn't get into the race cars. He's in buying race tracks. Mm -hmm. I think he's I think he's got seven in his lap right now. Um but he's in the same business, basically, as Rick Hendrick, owning uh, car dealerships. And, uh, you know, it's a constant source of income, and it's slowed down because I know people in the car business, even oh, locally. Boy, they're hurting too, aren't they? Some of them are, and some of them are still, you know, knocking stuff out, you know, and, and keep going. But, uh, yeah, the sponsor dollars are, are always going to drive this sport. And, uh, no, it's not a secret, never has been a secret, never will be a secret. If uh, if it is, it's the worst kept one. <laughs> oh, no, it, it, you know, that's why their names are all over this cars. I mean, NASCAR is even trying to help by moving the numbers back on the right. quarter panel to give more sponsored logo space on the sides of the car. You know, it's it, it's all driven by those sponsors. And NASCAR knows that if the, the sponsor dollars go up to the owners, then the sponsor dollars for NASCAR are going to go up also. Yeah. And and this is a part of the tiered program that NASCAR has unveiled. Of well, last year was the first year they did their premier sponsorship package, where they got rid of the title sponsorship, and they had five premier sponsors. I want to say it was Coca Cola, uh, Budweiser. Uh, I don't think Budweiser Bush might have been, but Bush. I don't think it was, it was Budweiser. Bush, yes. I think Bass Pro Shop was one of them. I can't remember the five premier sponsors, but these were sponsors that paid X amount of dollars to, to NASCAR. The money then trickled down to the tracks, and then NASCAR set up a system to where they were able to reference or refer 
certain sponsors that just didn't have the sanctioning body sponsorship revenue abilities. They didn't have enough money to sponsor NASCAR. So NASCAR said, okay, connect with this team, this team, and this team. We know that our buddies over at Spire Motorsports were big benefactors of that with being able to announce some new sponsors on a weekly basis in 2019. They did a lot of those. Correct. So there's a lot of things that NASCAR has unveiled and has changed that I think is finally starting to pay off. That these guys are being able to make the dollars work once again. Well, people are buying into it. It took, yeah. a, it took a season or two, but people are starting to buy into it. As of last Friday, Ty Dillon said that details were soon to be coming for a deal with him to be racing with the Gaunt Brothers in the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series schedule. The Gaunt Brothers, so they're the 96 car, and rumor has it that Ty Dillon's going to be racing that. We know Ty, at the end of last year, was the closure of Jermaine Racing. And the Geico number 13 Chevrolet, they ended up closing up their shop. Chili Bowl was on Saturday night, and Kyle Larson ends up picking up back-to-back Chili Bowl trophies. How many leaders of that race did they have? Oh, gosh, I didn't even know. One. Was it him the whole time? I I missed the whole feature. I kind of fell asleep. Uh, I watched watched the C feature where Sammy Swindell got knocked out and Casey Kane got knocked out. And then when they went to track prep, I got bored and went and watched something else. <laughs> and then fell asleep. No, didn't fall asleep. But I checked back to, to catch the A, and they did interviews. And I checked back 40 minutes later, and they were still doing interviews. And mm-hmm. that's when I said, nah, I'm done. Yep. Done with that. So Larson gets the win. Justin Grant comes home second. Tanner Thorson in third. He was up from starting in eighth. Cannon McIntosh in fourth. And Darren Pittman top five. Cody Ledger, who we were following on, was that Friday night that he went out and raced? Thursday night. And looked like he had a solid car and looked like he had a solid chance of qualifying for the A, but unfortunately that engine just gave out, and they were not able to uh, to get a new engine and get back out there on Saturday night. But, um, yeah, quite a few local guys that, uh, that put up a dang good effort. I know I saw a lot of people that were talking about how proud they were of how well Trey Gropp ran down there. So we'll have to follow him next year as he hopefully goes down and competes in the 2022 uh, Chili Bowl Nationals. Dirk, you were just showing me an article that looks like we missed a little bit of news. Noah Gregson is taking over the Beard Motorsports number 62 for the at least the Daytona 500, taking that seat that Brendan Gaughan gave up here after uh, Talladega last fall. Yeah, no, but it doesn't say if it's a commitment for all four races, but it definitely for Daytona. So coming up just around the corner, we're going to sit down with Shelby County Speedway track champion Kevin Zeitner in the Sport Modified class. And then we're going to talk with Grand National champion Todd Bell. So that's still to come up on today's podcast. And uh, don't forget, we are doing live recordings January 25th. It's a Monday night. We got... uh, Chuck Madden lined up at 6 o'clock, Jared Weston at 6.30. Chuck missed out when we did the Shelby County Speedway Track Champions, so he's coming down for that. Then we're going with some Adams County Speedway Champions. We've got Jared Weston at 6.30. I think we've still got our 7 o'clock spot open. we got Chris, starts with a V. Ben Osdale? Yeah, I think he's at 8 o'clock. Brad Deary is in there, too. They're, They're all confirmed already. Awesome. So all of those are going to be going on January 25th. That's this coming Monday night at at uh, Quaker Steak and Lube. Get on down there and enjoy some great food and watch as we interview some of the Adams County Speedway Track Champions and we make up Chuck Madden, who was a Shelby County Speedway Track Champion. And then uh, we're still working on getting something set up at the Westside Bar and Grill in Stromsburg 
to uh, it'll probably be a weekend deal, and we're going to try and get uh, Junction Motor Speedway and US 30 and maybe Albion to uh, their driver, the champs, to come in and talk to us. So if you just feel like taking a road trip one day and going out and say hi to Lisa. I think that's pretty much where we're worked up to right now, I think. Well, we have the Daytona 500 party on the 14th. That we do, and I think we need to get, like, one great big heart-shaped box of candy mm-hmm. to give out to some lucky fool because he's going to forget it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> that might be a good point. <laughs> So that's all coming up. Once again, the 25th, this coming Monday, we're going to be down at Quaker Steak and Lube for Adams County Speedway Track Champions interviews, plus a few extras. We're still working on the, uh, what was the name of the bar out there in Stromsburg? The West Side Bar and Grill. Out in Stromsburg, Nebraska, where we're going to be heading out a little bit west and getting outside of our comfort zone because we want to interview a couple of racetracks that we don't get to talk to normally. And then on Sunday the 14th, we're going to be at Quaker Snake and Lube again for our annual Daytona 500 party. Once again, Kevin Zeitner and Todd Bell just around the corner. Hang tight. We'll be back on the front stretch. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you white knuckle racing by the river bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. 